Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Monday, November 21st, and this is Thanksgiving week. I put in our bulletin yesterday that I believe it would be okay for us to thank God every day of this week. Amen. Give Thanksgiving every day. Thank God for the privilege to be in the house of God yesterday and enjoy our Lord's Day services here at the Island Ford Baptist Church. And then we had our church-wide Thanksgiving meal, and we appreciate that. And visitors that were with us and folks that was able to be here, we sure did enjoy that yesterday in the services. And trust you had a good time as well. And then now we're here on this Monday. And, of course, let me say, I've got my mother-in-law and father-in-law are with us. They've been with us since about Thursday of last week. And now Joshua and Katie and the kids coming in today. And uh, hopefully by the time this airs, they may be here. And so we're rejoicing in having them with us and looking forward to some time together with family. Hope you are also as well. And I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the broadcast and that it'll be a blessing to you. I've got a message that I'm starting up today, going to run through Thanksgiving Day. And I'm preaching on when I survey the wondrous cross. Just thinking about the glories of the cross of Calvary and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ dying on that cross. So I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy that message. But first, I've got a couple songs here that I trust will be a blessing. One by the Shepherd family, an old song, Farther On. And then another one here, I'm not sure who this is, but a good song, I'll Stay With The Old Time Way. All right, as we begin to look in the scripture today, our text is found in Romans chapter number three. We're going to be reading quite a bit of reading and then a short message, just a four-day message on this week's broadcast. We're beginning that today, and we'll continue. We're looking at Romans chapter 3, verses 19 through 31. I'm preaching today on when I survey the wondrous cross, talking about the death of our Lord Jesus, the blood of our Lord Jesus. We'll be giving those introduction thoughts on today's program so I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. Turn in your Bible, if you will, to the book of Romans chapter number 3. All right, Romans chapter number 3. I'm going to do something I don't do a lot of times. I want you to hold your place here. I'm going to come back. This is going to be my main text. It's what I'm going to preach from. But I've got some verses that I want to read in other places as well. First of all, we'll start in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. These are familiar verses that I will read, but I'd like for you to turn if you can, look at them. Hold your place there in Romans 3. We're coming back, but we're going to progress. Start here in uh, 1 Corinthians, go through some of Paul's epistles, and come back to Romans chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. The Bible says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Amen. I underline that phrase, for the preaching of the cross. Amen. Now turn, if you will, to Galatians chapter number 6. And verse number 14, down towards the end of the chapter. 
But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Amen. I underline that phrase, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of Christ. Now just a couple of pages over Colossians chapter number 2. One, I'm sorry, chapter 1 and verse number 20. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 20. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Of course, I underlined that phrase, through the blood of His cross. And then one more, Hebrews chapter number 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Let me say something about the blood of His cross. You know the cross didn't bleed. He's talking about the blood that the cross caused. The blood that was shed on that old rugged cross is what He's talking about. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hebrews chapter 2 verse number 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Amen. Now, He doesn't mention the cross specifically. The word cross is not in Hebrews chapter 2. But it's talking about the suffering of death. I underline that. That He, by the grace of God should taste death for every man. That's talking about the cross of our Lord. Now turn to Romans chapter number 3, and I'll read you my text and bring what I think will be a short message, but a lot of text reading, but a short message out of Hebrews, or Romans, I'm sorry, chapter number 3, and picking up verse number 19. These are familiar. I trust you're familiar particularly with chapter 3 of the book of Romans. Chapter 3 and chapter 8 are great, wonderful. And chapter 9, chapter 10, they're all good. But those are some special chapters in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 3, verse number 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. I'm going to stop just a minute. I have read and have heard men in meetings, men say that that verse is talking about the Jews, only talking about the Jews, because it says to them that are under the law. But he clarifies he's not just talking about the Jews. He says that all the world, it's not just talking about the world of Jews, he's talking about all the world, Jew and Gentile alike. Every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty Before God, what are we guilty of? We're guilty of sin. Verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there's the deeds of sin is what made us guilty. By the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified by his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned 
and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? Here's the answer. It is excluded. Nobody has a right to boast. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. I'm going to just read on to the end of the chapter. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law. I want to, I want to notice particularly verse 19 through 26. I want to notice in verse number, uh, let me see if I can find it here, spot it right quick. Verse number 25, he talks about declaring his righteousness. Verse number 26, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness. Where did God declare his righteousness? On the cross of Calvary. That's where His righteousness was declared. I want to try to preach this morning on this thought. When I survey the wondrous cross. When I survey the wondrous cross. You know probably that Isaac Watts wrote that great song. I looked up a little bit about it. He was in his 20s when he wrote that song. It was released, first printed in 1707. It was not titled, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, initially. That's the line, first line. It was entitled, Crucifixion of the World by the Cross. Crucifixion of the World by the Cross. It was based on Galatians 6. And I read to you, he said, But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of Jesus Christ, by whom the world was crucified unto me and I unto the world. Amen. The idea there is that when we look at the cross of Christ, there's a wonder in that cross that ought to cause us to be drawn away from the world and be drawn closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's the idea here that I want to deal with this morning, if I can. As I said, uh, probably be a short message, but I've got some thoughts that I hope will be helpful nonetheless. These first few verses that I read to you, First uh, Corinthians talking about the cross, it's foolishness to the world. It's foolishness to the world, but to those that, of us that are saved, we don't think preaching on the cross is foolish. Amen. We think it's wonderful. Amen. And as we read those verses, Galatians 6, Colossians 1, Hebrews 2, talking about the cross of our Lord, the blood of our Lord, the death of our Lord, the remission of sin, the tasting of death, all those things that are talking about that. Uh, We're reminded of the cross on which our Savior died. Amen. I asked Brother brother Matt if we'd sing that song, The Old Rugged Cross. I'm telling you, there's a wondrous beauty I see, it said. Amen. It's an ugly thing the cross is. In one way, but in another way, it's a beautiful thing. Amen. A beautiful thing when you think about what God did for us. Amen. Uh, How God manifested His love toward us. How did He do that? 
He commended His, Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Amen. I got to thinking about some of this when I was studying, preparing for our Bible study, the most recent Bible study we had, we dealt with, with repentance. Now I may, I may say something about that in a moment. I'm not going to get into the repentance side of it, but I, I noticed this and somebody made the statement. I hadn't realized it before. The average, the average soul winning technique is to start talking to people about the love of God. But if you want to use the Romans road, the way the Romans the book of Romans, by the way, the most doctrinal New Testament book that we have. Amen. Solid filled with doctrine, the book of Romans. Amen. If you want to use the Romans road, you don't start talking to them about the love of God. You don't even find out about the love of God until the fifth chapter in the eighth verse. You talk to them about sin. That's what Romans chapter 1 deals with. That's what Romans chapter 2 deals with. That's what Romans chapter 3 deals with. That's what Romans chapter 4 deals with. That's what Romans chapter 5 deals with. By the way, that's what the Holy Ghost deals with. He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Isn't that what the Bible said? And so when we deal with sinners, we got to deal with sin. Amen. And that's what he deals with in this. But when we think about the fact that Jesus went to Calvary while we were yet sinners. Amen. He didn't say, if you'll clean up, I'll help you. If you can get your way part of the way out, I'll get you the rest of the way out. No, he said, while you can't do nothing, or while I should say, while you can do nothing. Amen. He said, I'll reach down where you are and rescue you by the good grace of God. Amen. Amen. And so we ought to exalt the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I'm not for wearing crosses. I don't wear jewelry. I wear a wedding band. I wear a watch. I don't actually even consider that jewelry, but I don't wear necklaces. I don't want to wear lace around my neck. And I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying that's where I'm at. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want it imprinted on me. I know we got, uh, you know, people getting the imprints on them now, crosses and all that. Uh, but, but uh, we'll say this. But the cross is yet a wonderful thing. Amen. Amen. I don't carry around a cross with a naked Jesus on it like the Catholics do. Yeah. Amen. Our Lord's not on the cross. Amen. No. He went to the cross, but thank God he, he's not on the cross now. Amen. They took him down off the cross and they buried him in a tomb, but he's not even in the tomb any longer. Amen. Amen. He's alive and well. Hallelujah. And we don't need to crucify him afresh. Amen. And go through that again. But anyway, I, I want to deal with this thought here uh, about the, uh, the cross of our Lord. When I survey the wondrous cross. And and so I got to thinking about these verses and, and I want to use that as my initial impetus that gets us fired up and moving, thinking about the wondrous work of our Lord Jesus Christ on His blessed bloody cross. Amen. And I want to think about when I survey the wondrous cross and what it means about being saved by the grace of God. We read about the cross. We sing about the cross. We may somewhere clothing and jewelry that display the cross. But what does it mean? What is the significance to us? Now, the initial verse that I read, 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, I read two verses there, and he's talking there about the inspired apostle Paul uh, informs us that to lost 
world of humanity, the cross means nothing. To the lost world of humanity, the cross means absolutely nothing. Back a couple weeks ago, Melissa and I went down to uh, Lyles, Tennessee, the church that Brother Moyes is a member of now. The pastor there had invited us to come to their missions conference. We went uh, for a couple of nights, stayed there one night and came drove back after the service the second night. On the second day we were there, the pastor invited us over to his house. He lives out in the country. And the brother Moore was talking about him being cut. They are country. He lives out in the country. And I followed him. And uh, when we got to his house, I asked him, I said, you know, in different places, different countries, things mean different. I said, uh, in, I don't know what this means in middle Tennessee. I said, those little octagon signs that say S-T-O-P, what does that mean in Tennessee? He said, did I run it? I said, you run two of them. And he said, with the preacher following me, I said, yep, you ran two of them, amen. Uh, well, uh, that made me think, and that's a little bit funny, but it make you think, the cross to the world means nothing to them. They just run right past it. It means absolutely nothing. It has no use to them. But to us that are saved, oh, it has great meaning, amen. To them, it's even foolish. I mean, why would a man go to the cross? Why would a man die for others? Why would a man who has never sinned, love, or care anything about men that do sin? Well, I don't know why he would, but thank God he did, amen. I'm glad that he did and does love sinners, amen. And to those of us that are saved, it is the power of God that's what it said unto salvation. Amen. They don't see any value whatsoever in Christ's death on the cross. They don't see any value in the preaching of the cross. That's what he's talking about. But we recognize there's good need, good reason to preach on the cross. Amen. Paul was so engrossed in the glory of the cross that he decided and determined not to glory in anything else. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.